Welcome to the Mundane Mind. My name is Aontia Amori, and in this episode part, we will be picking up where we last left off with soulmates, twin flames, the ego, and a bunch of different conversational pieces that were picked up in last time's discussion. Thank you so much for being patient with the release of this part, but once again, there are content and trigger warnings in regards to the mention of drugs, psychedelics, as well as abusive and traumatic relationships, and sexual assault. So please listen to your comfort level and discretion. Now, let's get to it. Why are you now projecting your insecurity of how much you can handle onto me? You know, like you're not you're not meeting me in the middle, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that I think the ego really started to make sense to me when I started taking psychedelics, funnily enough, because there is a moment during psychedelic trips, particularly during acid trips, where you go through this period of ego death. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can have a trip without an ego death. Like, it's not a big deal. But I feel like, you know, you don't get the full experience if you don't. And it's supposed to be, like, painful. Like, it's not supposed to be easy. Um, and But I think that everyone should, like, go through that moment because it's so important, you know? Like, there's a difference between, like, understanding your ego and then letting go of your ego and just realizing, mm-hmm. like, that is a part of me, but... That is not, like, me, me, if that makes sense. Like, it's not, like, you know, ingrained in me. It can change and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, with psychedelics, in order to, you know, have all these messages and see all these things and work through all these things in your brain, like, you have to release this sense of the ego. You have to release who you are to kind of Mm, understand who you are. It's, like, a roundabout sort of way. And, um, like, it was interesting because on my last trip, Um, I had a very gentle ego death, oddly enough, but I was also like really into, um, like my spirituality at that moment. And I had this vision of being in a field and I was like a petal on like a little dandelion. And it was like this massive, like wind was going through the field. And I had this feeling in me where I was just like, just let go, like, just let go. And you'll have so much fun. It'll be great. And you'll work through so much stuff. Mm. And I let go. And I, like, forgot who I was for, like, six hours. It was fantastic. <laughs> like, the essence of that, of, like, forgetting who you are and just, like, experiencing things and just, like, you know, kind of seeing yourself from a bird's eye view without judgment, I think is important, like, with the ego and with working through all of these, like, shadow aspects of yourself is understanding, like, oh, these are all parts of me, but it's also okay you know like it's okay to have these shadow parts of me and you know that is normal and that is okay but you know I should not let that like affect my connections with others if that makes sense yeah yeah it definitely (laughs) (laughs) spicy paper baby go ahead go ahead (laughs) um yeah no I could so like I've never done psychedelics because hello my job but um also like disclaimer to like 
anyone who listens to this, please don't do psychedelics if you're on like SSRIs or like anxiety medication or anything. Like, talk to your doctor. <laughs> the only way you can experience ego death is psychedelics. Yeah, no, actually, get into that. that's the fast. That's the fast track. <laughs> that's why it's so painful. Um, no, when you were mentioning that, that actually made me reflect on these past five weeks and. You both of you know how much I was grieving this one connection in my life. And I was like, it just kind of hit me when you were talking about it. Like, oh, not only was I letting go of this individual, not only was I letting go of like my control of that, but I was also dealing with my sense of self, my ego and who I was and what exactly was going on and why I felt the need to control the situation or control various aspects of my life. Because I'm, I'm such a type A and type one INTJ type personality. And it's like that first house comes in strong of like, it needs to go my way. And it's so rooted in ego. It's hilarious. Um, But it's also very hidden and driven by passion and my creativity and my drive. So it's like, Separating that from who I am and my identity has been a constant growing pains. But this past like five weeks has been like a huge ego death. Whenever I have meditated and the things that I've seen in regards to like visions, like I was telling um, Soul about this one experience where I just saw these cards laid out on the table with like a smoky tarish haze over top and i saw different people and players at the table and these different life experiences that were shared but also different in which people would come to and fro the table and whatnot and it was like i am not in control of how the game is played but i am control like i am in control of what i can do in regards to my next step, how I'm growing, how I'm moving forward. But it's not up to me to control how everything else plays out. And it was a huge like, oh, moment in which not only was I grieving my lack of control, but I was also grieving, you know, the fact that I didn't understand this sooner, the fact that I didn't have mercy for myself and understanding and compassion for, you know, being a human really because we're not perfect we can't we have these certain limitations because we don't have this understanding and so i think going back to twin flames people are in search of that understanding of self in another person so they look at that mirror and they try and find connections they try and find excuses they try to find reasonings and validation and being rational and logistic when at the end of the day we're just specks of dust drifting throughout the universe and we have our own journeys and our our own understandings of things that we have to work out yeah like you you were never the dealer of the cards in the first place even though you thought you were exactly yeah it's funny like you mentioned um your own chart because this was what I was going to get to was um, cancer and the moon <laughs> and, and evolutionary astrology. It is the ego. And so like, it's, <laughs> it's so funny that like, you're like, Oh my God, my ego, my first house. <laughs> so like, For anyone who doesn't know my chart, I literally have sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, rising all in cancer first house. And it's like, huh that's nice um (laughs) so it's definitely like 
a whole entire experience, just even dealing with 10th house perfection year or dealing with this progression chart where everything's kind of like shifted a bit towards Leo. And it's just this whole realization in which it's so funny because people are like, oh, you better watch out for her. Her ego's going to get the best of her. And it's like, no, my ego has been very much so a self-reflective thing that I keep very private because I myself am becoming more of a private person throughout all these tower moments and these hermit and also you know, just very hermit and high priestess energy right now, um, which I don't mind at all. I value it, but it's just so interesting because this year has been like since July, really, it's been constant ego death, constant growth, constant transformation. And so it's like, oh, watch out for her and her ego. What ego? I'm literally killing it. <laughs> It's but, uh, dying in front of my <laughs> eyes. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, you're stabbing it while they're like, ego. <laughs> um, but the thing that's... Swords. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's um, interesting about, you know, all this kind of talk of relationships in regard to, again, like this concept of the soul and the ego mm -hmm. is like in my own personal philosophy and specifically with astrology, it's that your soul is obviously born. If you bind a soulmate, like you probably bind to some concept of the soul. And like your mm -hmm. soul is born into this world to learn some sort of lesson, right? right? And the physical reality exists for a reason. Like it's not just some prison that we're trapped in. Like it wouldn't exist if there wasn't something here for us to learn. And so like you can't just release and kill your ego. Like I don't think that's the point. And I think this comes up a lot with twin flames where you just kind of, reflect on another person or attach to someone else because you're not comfortable with your own mm, ego mm -hmm. and that relationship between your ego and your soul so you're like okay better just bypass that and like connect soul to soul with another oh, person yeah. and then you're basically like you're basically like, adapting their ego and so it's like it's just like i think personally and in relationships like there's this concept that giving up your ego is like the path to some sort of enlightenment when it's like no like your ego exists for a reason you have to learn how to operate with that lens and you mm. have to learn like where that lens colors your experience and like where it empowers you exactly. because going back to cancer too like the lesson of cancer is not to let go like it's to balance the internal security with the external security mm -hmm. so it's this balancing of your soul and of your own personal experience with the ego and with other people's egos and like with their soul lessons it's not about dissolving this mm -hmm. kind of personality that we have like that's not what it's all about it's yeah, no. like it's just ridiculous to me <laughs> so when, you, when you were mentioning the whole uh, projecting and then finding adapting to another's ego what popped into my head it was like oh so a trauma bond um yes no it's literally a trauma bond that's yeah. what like it's literally you're the, well okay i don't think like i think people can have a healthy attachment to like oh this person like is a soulmate for me or like this per i think like you know i think like oh this person burns the same flame as me this person's a twin flame i don't think that in itself is toxic mm -hmm. i think the justification of a lot of it you see with younger and impressionable people or like people in difficult situations encourages this trauma bond and i think that's a really dangerous thing just by itself in spirituality like a and like just think about like astrology like you go and you connect with people in your chart and like eventually you get into this conversation of like really heavy things and it's super prone to just allow for trauma bonds to establish yeah. and then for you to create this whole false sense of knowing who you are through like 
these things that other people are telling you <laughs> about your spirituality. I hate how, oh my God. I hate oh how my God. specific people came to mind. I hate it. I hate like, it here. What? And it's the same with Twin Flames and a soulmate. It's like you're allowing this like projection. And I'm all Pisces. You're allowing this projection and like this. <laughs> This like ideal of somebody to like define who you are, who they are, what you do for the rest of your life. Like it's just it's, it's just bananas. <laughs> like, you know, obviously, like I have a shadow work reading that is like specifically for Kyron and Lilith. Mm-hmm. And like I do experience a lot of like potential trauma bonds with a lot of my clients. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they are very intense subjects and they do bring up trauma sometimes. And, and that's people that come to you are likely look like they're likely in a situation where like they need some sort of guidance at that. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm, at the point, I'm at the point where I'm almost like I'm going to make like, a question on the form you fill out to book to be like, are you in therapy? Yes or no? Oh, be my. Honest. Be honest. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, yeah, I I agree. First of all, because first of all, it's like, okay, I'm your reader. I'm not your therapist. First of all, second of all, I'm just a dude. Yeah, like I'm literally just a guy. Like you're coming to me. I'm not gonna tell you yours. Like if I'm already dealing with mine, I got enough on my plate. it's just insane that that is why I have not given some people who have requested trauma readings for me because I'm like "Mm, you are not in a good headspace I can tell nor are you in therapy so I'm gonna just I'm gonna hold off plus I'm not really at a place where I feel led to talk about such things because I have had my Mm -hmm. own experiences and whatnot um Mm -hmm. yeah but on that note we're kind of slipping away from twin flames and we're mentioning a lot of like soulmates and soul connections um what are our thoughts on soulmates in all honesty because like for me personally I feel like the labels and I was actually talking to soul about this earlier I feel like the labels that we put on things on things that we ourselves do not fully have a grasp on is kind of discrediting and devaluing what it actually is and putting such things into boxes so like soulmates i feel like throughout the human connection we just have these connections with people that we relate to but we put it on pedestals and it's like oh well you're a soulmate oh you're a soul family oh you're a soul tie or different things like that and while i get soul ties especially if you have had sexual intercourse or these very deep energy exchanges like i get that but at the same time, it's like, I don't think we fully understand what it is we're talking about. Oh, my God. Okay. The energy exchange with, like, sex was talked about on Twitter, like, mm. three weeks ago. And it blew up. I don't know if you saw it. But no. one of the people who I follow, um, who's really educated about it and everything. And I think they'd been sexually assaulted as well. Mm. And they brought it up and they were like, you're trying to tell me that my sexual assaulter is forever bound to me because I had sex with them. Mm. Like, yes, somebody mentioned, we were talking like recently where some, I forget what the conversation was, but it was like, oh, there is a bonding when you have sex. And like, you know, if like, if you lose your virginity, like you're bonded to the, like, while like I get that, it like bothered me so deeply because it's like, 
what if I was raped? Like, what if I had, like, I had, like, I had, like, sexual abuse as a child. And it's like, why do I have to be bonded to that person now? Like, in my soul, like, that doesn't, that's just, like, super insensitive to people that have had, like, sexual experiences that they, even if it's not violent, and even if it was consensual, sexual experiences that they would themselves like to release, like mm-hmm. you have the power within you to release whatever it is and disconnect from whatever it is exactly i agree with that but I also at the same time i don't think most people do release it which thus creates yes, a yes, lot of sexual yeah. baggage or emotional baggage and things yes. like that because we again we don't let go yeah yes uh, yeah i think i think that is also the problem is understanding that energy exchanges are not forever if you just release them you know Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like if you process them and release them like they won't bother you the longer you like continue to accept them and understand them and then just release it and you're like you know that was something that happened a while ago that was a mistake I made a while ago that was this and this I made a while ago and it's like once you experience that feeling of letting go like especially with like sexual assault it's so like freeing like i know mm-hmm. when i experienced like my sexual assault in college and i'm not gonna get into it obviously but um you know i had such a hard time for like two years of just like beating myself up and being like oh like you know i walked into that one like you know that was bound to happen like blah blah, blah. and then i got to like my junior year and i was just like this is not helping me. I was like, every time I have sex now, I like have a fucking panic attack. I was like, this is not healthy. Cause like, I enjoy having sex. Like, I'm going to be honest. We, we all know it here. But um, like, it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's a rush of like endorphins and cool shit like that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, people need to understand that like, you are not bound to these energy exchanges forever if you just let yes. them go. As long mm-hmm. as you process them first. Because if right. you start letting go before you process, then you've messed up the, like, process already, you know? I, I think that goes right back into kind of, like, people losing their sense of self and then this idea that they have the ability to kind of control the dynamics of their own situation and Mm -hmm. so it's like you don't have to stay committed to this person you don't have to stay committed to that energy you don't have to keep that in your life if you really choose not to like you in in some way you have the power to release whatever it is that's bothering you and i'm not saying like obviously there are a lot of people who have situations they cannot get out of but when you do have that luxury i think this kind of whole twin flame thing just adds on to that idea that you're never going to disconnect from that energy or that person yeah regardless of what you're physically with them or not and going back to um soulmates like this is the thing is i mean like it's not as if i don't believe in soulmates it's just the way that it's talked about lately like the Mm -hmm. astrology i practice is literally about everyone's soul and like the connections you have with people like everybody could be teaching you a soul journey and so like there is this possibility that you have people that are learning the same soul lessons as you um there's this concept that basically that all the souls emanate from the same source and so the Mm. ego is what defines you as a person and so like there's this potential that obviously you can find a mirror soul or like a twin soul how people would say like a twin flame but i think whether you you subscribe to that or not it doesn't 
at all justify some sort of relationship dynamic. Like I, it, and I think if any, it really just traces back to me to the idea that like we're, we are all connected. Like yeah. it's not as if one person is this ultimate person where I'm like gonna see the universe through them. Like I think if you, in my eyes, like being spiritually awakened and like be, the point that I would like to be at is like, I can see beauty in like a million different situations and a million different people in like mundane areas. And mm -hmm. so I think like when you try, you like put this like divine connection up on this high, high level, it really disregards and discredits and like devalues the experience of like experiencing that like spiritual energy or that love in other people or just in like little mundane things. Like, I really think it takes away from the ability for you to see beauty and like whatever it is you choose to or whoever it is you choose to. Yeah, no, I agree. So like this kind of dives into a little bit of sacred geometry in which everything is connected. Everything has its purpose. There's so much alchemic differences mm -hmm. with things, but they still build from the same point. Yes. Still like a line and a triangle versus a circle and a right. point. They're all the same thing because they all have a starting point and they all have that point that starts that shape or that, you know, system, that belief, that concept, that idea, that creation. And so when it comes to individuals, us as human beings, at the end of the day, regardless of sexuality, regardless of experience, regardless of cultural background or preferences or the language that we speak or how we identify and present ourselves at the end of the day, we are just flesh meat in a cage of bones mm -hmm. and walking around trying to live our best life. Like at the very basic root of it all, we are still us. We are mundane creatures with a divinely inspired purpose and, you know, creation within us, if that makes sense. And so, mm -hmm by trying to force these labels on various connections or experiences when we can't even fully understand the gravity or we're trying to put very mundane aspects on a divine pedestal, like that just throws everything off completely because if we look at things with such a mundane mentality, I feel we're going to learn a lot more rather than trying to blow things out of proportion, complicate things with a very magical or um, metaphysical, you know, very mystic mentality. Because that just, I feel like it puts things more in a box than it should. Like people say, oh, this is like more of a deeper understanding or more of an enlightened perspective. When in all reality, like things need to become more simple, back to the basics, back to the source, as you were saying rather than trying to subdivide and label and categorize what we feel and experience and know because we're never truly going to fully understand something. Yeah, right. I, I think that like, oh, this goes back to my like psychedelics as well with like the sacred geometry, which I thought was really interesting because I just connected this. But I don't think it's much of a coincidence that people who take psychedelics, particularly LSD, often see geometric like mm -hmm. visions with mm -hmm. like seeing like you know people will call it the fabric of reality or whatever and i don't think that is a coincidence you know i i do think that 
in a way, like many of us might be seeing the fact that, you know, everything comes from this one point, you know, and this one thing. And like Aloe and I were talking about the labels thing today as well, which I think she uh, mentioned earlier, but it, it gets to a point where it's like, it's almost like over explaining. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, you know, these are just things that are known, but you don't have to put words to them. You don't have to get all linguistic and, you know, try and make up a label or try and make up some sort of box to put yourself in. It's just like this universal like truth in a way that like you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be creating this label because you're just further segmenting yourself from connecting with the universe and like the universal, you know, energy as it is. And like, if you keep putting yourself in these little pots and these little boxes, like you can't, you start having trouble like growing out of them. And I mm -hmm. think that's also an issue in the occult community, especially with like all these like witch names oh, um, of like being like a crystal witch or whatever. Um, I remember writing out my intro and I had like eight adjectives and I was like, this is not a sentence. Um, <laughs> but, oh, it was crazy. And it's like, I, I've gotten to the point where I just call myself a practitioner because mm -hmm. I it's one over explaining if I get into my actual practice like I'm a practitioner like that kind of just tells you all you need to know I don't have to get into it I don't have to tell you specifics like you just know you know of, because of the nature of the word and you know there's just a lot of things out there now where you're just over explaining and you're you're putting words you're putting labels on these things that you don't fully understand. So when they turn out the way that you like didn't think they would, you're like, oh wait, what? And you're and it's like, yeah, like all of these things are very fluid and you know, they they do not subscribe to your petty label system or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I think um like going back to kind of the idea of the source and like this like universal kind of energy and the kind of contrast between that and us like experiencing things in reality that we have like in our bodies like anytime we interpret things or put them into words like it doesn't matter how meaningful it is you're somehow segmenting it that from like actual truth like regardless of what your words are like it's not going to embody the entire experience and it's going to be colored by your personal lens and like there's beauty in that and like that's amazing but when you try to like label things and put them into words and like explain them it's somehow detaching from the very thing that you're trying to describe which is like the soul connection and so like it's just funny to me that people like detail like we were talking like 12 types of soulmates or like a nine-step process that's like the twin flame journey and it's like the very nature of the universe is that it's like chaotic and so mm -hmm. like just the absolute like audacity <laughs> that we have to <laughs> we have to be like oh i understand the soul and i understand exactly the process that it's going to take it's going to take six months and it's going to go through step one two three four five like the fact that like we think that we have this bearing over like what it is. And like, I think that it's cool for us to like sit here and be like, oh, I think like this is what the soul is and like philosophize on all of it. But the fact that people tie it to kind of the structure of their everyday life is just bizarre to me. Like, why do you think that you have that much control and understanding over these more 
like spiritual concepts yeah yeah they're like they're very like abstract and like there's a difference between like theory and truth obviously and i i actually got into a conversation with this a couple days ago um i don't remember who was talking about it um but someone was talking about like some theory in astrology or whatever and this person was like trying to discount it and being like oh you're generalizing like blah 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 and it's like i mean maybe they are but like it's a theory and there's it's a all a theory, it's a theory. like every <laughs> like if you really want to go hard like everything that we know is a theory if you really want we to know like, go right. big brain about it nothing. because we don't like we don't know anything like we really don't mm. and i mean understanding that is freeing in and of itself honestly because yeah. then you're like oh i can go buck wild with this <laughs> but like but at the same time it's like you know yeah, like, it's freeing. It's freeing to understand that you do not understand anything. And it's like, wow, you know, I don't know. I can't put it into words, which is kind of funny considering the whole subject. But... Well, there's, there, there's a concept. I mean, this is literally like a philosophical concept you're describing, which is like anti-realism. And basically, mm-hmm. like, somebody who's an anti-realist would say, like, I really, like, scientific anti-realist, the thing that I, like, really cherish about it is like there's this concept of like yeah these things might be happening but the systems that we have to describe them it's just adequate it's just empirically also adequate very, like, it's just things yeah. that could happen mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they're, it will yeah. happen limited like you know especially with like math like math is definitely a way to try and understand the world and how it works and everything but like it has its limits because we just don't have like mm-hmm. the knowledge to like fully understand it. Like there's lots of math problems that are still unsolvable because we yes. just don't have like the process power to like figure them out. And we don't have, you know, the tools to figure them out. And it's like once in a lifetime that someone will solve these like unsolvable problems. And um, I remember my, I think my boyfriend was telling me about this one math problem and this guy in like Russia or something solved it or whatever. And they were like, oh, mm-hmm. you want credit? And he was like, no. And they were all like, what? And he was huh? like, ah, it's whatever. Because he was like, I don't know, I just solved it. And like, that was it. And like, whatever. And he just, it was such like a nonchalant thing. And um, it was just funny because it, I mean, I interpreted it as very much like a, yeah, I solved it. But we still don't know shit. <laughs> right. Go, going you know back I mean? to like a, yeah, going back to like astrology. It like and like I'm I come off like a hypocrite for this because I'm sitting here like, let me tell you what your soul does. But like there's like this idea that like this is just a language that like we as humans have constructed to try and understand and manage and yeah, like yeah. predict these like big things that we don't understand at all. And so it's like I think there's a massive degree of power and of, like, personal strength and reflection in trying to do that, like, trying to expand your brain to do that. But at the same time, whenever we do that, like, we are, like, fragmenting and putting the truth into some sort of box. Because, like, we will only have very small moments where we can, like, see that pure truth. You know, like you can, like this goes back to the whole kind of like soul connection thing. You can't sustain that 
um, energy can constantly throughout your life with like so, without some degree of like your own ego influencing it and like still this limitation that like we're humans and we can't understand anything or like predict anything like <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah no, like I agree like I, I wanted to like that also goes back to like you know psychedelic trips as well is that a lot of people have a very hard time describing what they saw and like there's a reason for that you right know? like I know in my trips like I had such a hard time describing what I was seeing because I was just enjoying like feeling the experience and right. feeling like what I was seeing and just like being in the moment and being like wow like look at all this stuff I'm working through look at all these realizations I'm having like, this is amazing but I just feel like you know there are some things that I feel like this is like a, an old saying or something, but it's like, you know, real truth should be like experienced and not like, um, like understood or like written down or however you want to say it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's a, like, there's a Nietzsche quote where he says something along the lines of, um, like our senses don't lie or like physical experience of something doesn't lie. But when we interpret it, that introduces and injects lies into yes. the experience. Because anytime you're putting something into words or you're interpreting, again, from your own perspective, that is going to be rooted in some degree of bias. So, like, where, like, words, I might words are feel limited. something. Yeah. yeah, I might feel the stove and it's hot. But there's an entire creation in my brain of what hot is. And, like, it's not an objective thing. It's something that exists, like, within myself. Like, that feeling of pain. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, there's this whole series of extra baggage put onto things and like mm. also this inability to even describe what that means objectively yeah, yeah so that like actually... words words cannot enco- encapsulate the experience that you are having yes yeah so that actually reminds me of two different conversations that i've had with both of you um one of which oh, was me oh, trying to describe the color red to you being colorblind i i asked about this because of because of um there's let me let me explain why i asked you this question though so there's this this goes back to exactly what we're talking about there's this there's this theory that um it's about the senses and like how you personally observe senses and it's like Mm -hmm. if everything was rational and objective like would you be able to have a full understanding of it. So it's like, there's this theory, it's called Mary's thought room experiment where this woman can't see colors, but she commits her life to learning every single objective thing there is to know about colors. And then she sees color for the first time and she gains something new from it. Mm-hmm. 